Hi, I'm Brent Stafford, and this is RegWatch by RegulatorWatch.com. How do you get a rambunctious group of disparate vapors to take interest in the ever-disheartening discussion around vaping regulation? The science on vaping is suspect, the news is biased, and public health mostly rejects vaping as a safer alternative to smoking. At times, this situation is so bleak, it's hard to find focus. And trust us, it's a vexing question. But the marketing team at Dash Vapes, Canada's largest independently owned vaping products retailer and e-liquid manufacturer, seems to have found the answer. Helmed by David Frath, the company's YouTube channel has exploded in popularity, notching over 400,000 subscribers and 70 million video views in just the past couple of years. About three, in fact. What's Dave's secret for mixing the sweet vaping reviews comedy lifestyle with the sour, the teen vaping epidemic, vaping-related lung illness, and flavor bands. Well, joining us today is the man himself, Dave from Dash Vapes. Dave, how are you? Good, good, good. Thanks uh, for having me on the show. That was, that was an awesome intro. Thank you. <laughs> wow, you guys have really done a lot of great work. Uh, and, you know, we'll be talking about specifics as we go. First, you know, tell us about Dash Vapes for those that are in the U.S. and don't know much about uh, the company, and th some in Canada don't either. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So um, if you haven't heard of Dash Vapes, we are uh, Canada's largest independently owned uh, vape retailer, but also e-liquid manufacturer. Um, ship, you know, orders across Canada, free shipping over 35 bucks, and uh, also free shipping towards uh, the States as well, which has been a really big hit. And, um, and yeah, so I do the YouTube channel, which you may have seen me on there before. And uh that's yeah, pretty much it. <laughs> well, and, and I, you know, I think humility is good, but it doesn't work well for television. That's what I tell our guests. I mean, your YouTube <laughs> channel has knocked it out of the park um, in, in, I mean, 40 million views. I mean, that's, that's decent, right? Would you not say? Um, yeah, it's actually, like, I'll be honest, like, there are still times to this day where I'll kind of look at the statistics and analytics for our YouTube channel and be like, it's still kind of not real in a sense, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm very, uh, I'm very, very uh, thankful and proud of where the YouTube channel kind of turned into and where it, where it is today. So, being um, one of the content creators in the vaping space, you know, we're a bit different just because we do cover other issues and we align ourselves right. more new, more news, obviously. So, right. give give our viewers an overview of the different types of YouTube content creators in the vaping space. Like, how would you type them out? Uh, like how would I type out different like content creators for vaping? Yeah, that kind of thing. Exactly. Like some people do, you know, reviews. Some people do, you know, lifestyle. That kind of stuff. Yeah, hundred. Yeah. So like, yeah, you have your you have your reviewers, which I would say, you know, make up a very very large part of uh, of the YouTube community in terms of vapors. Um, but then I feel like uh, a lot of reviewers kind of slowly shifted towards uh, the whole news and regulation side of things. Uh, because, you know, everything kind of happened the way it happened within the last year. So, uh, yeah, people kind of took a shift in their direction. But, um, yeah, I know reviewers, uh, news and regulations, and also uh, trying to keep the comedy into it, too, you know, like kind of like skits and whatnot. And that's kind of where you started, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, when we initially did uh, the YouTube channel, um, if you like scroll way, way back, our initial videos were kind of like reviews of uh, products and whatnot. Uh, I think the first video we ever did was a review for the, for the Kanger Tech top box. Uh, if anyone remembers that, 
Um, and then since then, we just kind of kept up with that. But then uh, the the five types of vapors uh, skit is, I think, where things kind of started taking off for us. Um, it honestly, it kind of just it was it wasn't really planned per se. It was just kind of like, oh, I have this cool idea, and we put it all together, and it turned into what it is today. So. <laughs> So, okay. So, um, before we do that, cause I've got that, uh, uh, we've taken five types of vapors and we've shortened it up a little bit so we could, uh, run it and show our audience. And by the way, I mean, you know, when we shorten one of your videos, it's really painful because there's, you know, there's a lot of good stuff. We're probably going to watch, we're probably going to watch the whole four minutes of the strange addiction to vaping. Cause that's just, okay. you know, it's just like magnificent, but we'll get to that. In a little bit. Cool. So, okay, so just so I can reiterate for everybody, Dash Vapes is obviously it's a retailer and manufacturer, and you started to work for them, you know, back in 2015, I believe that's the case. Uh, yeah, I worked um, at their Toronto location uh, just as like a retail associate back in 2015. So you got hired to work in the store. How did you go from working in the store to, you know, mega YouTube creator? Um, I think what kind of happened was uh so i worked in the store for roughly about four or five months or so but uh i offered to take over their instagram page or our instagram page um because uh, I, I went to school for like film and photography and all that and uh i thought the instagram page could use like you know some higher i don't guess higher quality photos so i offered to do that and then um out of the blue because like i love to this day one of my hobbies i guess or what i love when i pass time is just kind of watch uh, like YouTube videos on like reviews or tech and that kind of stuff. Um, and then I thought I, I pitched the idea to Shy, the CEO of Dash Vapes of, you know, potentially doing kind of like a review for a vape product for our YouTube channel and starting up a channel and he was completely all over it. So it all started from there. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. And so the move, because there's, there's really two big moves here. There was the standard kind of reviews, and then you decided to move and bring in some of the comedy. Why, why that move? What kind of brought that along? Um, if I'm being honest, like I, when we were doing the reviews and whatnot, I, I loved doing it. I still love filming the reviews. It's a lot of fun because it, I kind of, I can kind of play around with like you know, cinematography and whatnot and uh, different shots. But um, I think what it came down to was that when. I was just kind of itching to shoot something like a skit, like something with like a set and lighting and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, we wrote five types of vapors and the rest is history. <laughs> so, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's use that as the cue. I'm going to roll that right now for everybody and uh, let's have a look. How's it going, man? Anything I can help you with today? Um, I'm actually looking for a new flavor. Sure, uh, we definitely have a couple here. Do you like banana? Mm, not a really big fan of banana. This is honestly way too sweet. Honestly, man, this has like no flavor at all. I tried this really good Belmont flavor the other day. Do you do you have Belmont? You guys honestly need a better juice selection. Sup, bro? Honestly, bro, like there is nothing like a good mech mod. Like what is ramp up time, right? Like what is ramp up time? Wow. Bro, clouds. Hey, man. Hi. Um, I'm looking for something that has Capella in it. 
Uh, but not Marshmallow by Capella, because I think Flavor Art Marshmallow is better than the Capella variant. Uh, do you have anything in those, uh, in that you would say that would be within those guidelines? No, it's not bad. <laughs> Saw it. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I just bought this Italian Carbon Fiber SX DNA 550J TC mod. Honestly, flavor off this, second to none. What are you vaping on? Uh, Inspire Breeze. <laughs> the five types oh, of vapors. Uh, you know, let me just say, uh, Dave, that... Yep. Uh, that, you know, I hope I don't offend you, but this is what I'm rocking myself here. Exact same color. And I'm still version one. Oh, the connoisseur would not be uh, impressed with that. The connoisseur would not <laughs> be impressed. But, you know, when you find a device uh, that, that you like and uh, works. But, yeah. yeah, no, this is like got to be, you know, my 10th one of these. But, and I do, I do, I do rock a few other ones. Does, does the, does the, I can never say, is it smock or smoke? Smock, right? I feel like it's a mix-up. It's it's whatever at this point. <laughs> so does this pass the connoisseur's test? Uh, I feel like for the connoisseur, if it costs anything less than like 300 US, then no dice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might, I might have a vaporizer device that passes that test. It just might not be for nicotine. Oh, well, uh, we'll have to see then. We'll have to ask the connoisseur himself. <laughs> Let me go grab it real quick. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, for sure. So the five types of vapors, you know, uh, tell us about how big that exploded. Like you... You know, can you give us an idea? You mentioned analytics before in your channel. What were the analytics like before five types of vapor, types of vapors, and then after? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. So when we uh, initially uploaded five types of vapors, um, the channel itself, I think we were only sitting at like maybe six thousand, five thousand subscribers. Uh, we were still a very small channel at the time. Um, and then we uploaded five types of vapors and then, you know what, it, it, it started out like, you know, any other video got a couple hundred views here and there. Um, and then, you know, after a week, uh, we checked back on it and it's like, oh, we hit a thousand views. Like that's, that's amazing. Like that was one of our fastest growing videos that we've ever made. And then a couple of days later it hit 10,000 and then 50, hundred just kept snowballing. And then, um, about, I want to say maybe a month or a month and a half after we uploaded five types. Uh, we jumped from like five to six thousand subscribers to up to ten thousand, and then from there it just kind of kept, you know, snowballing over. And I caught you in another interview show. Have you ever been able to really figure out, you know, what you know really propelled it? Uh, honestly, no. <laughs> and I'd be lying if I said I I was expecting it to, you know, blow up like it did. Because um, when we initially made the five times papers, like it wasn't, it wasn't like a like a big marketing thing, right? We just like wanted to, we just we were just having some fun, you know, we shot that in the downtown Toronto location and shot it in a night, got it edited the next day. And yeah, it was just like a fun little project we put together. I showed Shy, the CEO, and he loved it. He said, we should upload it. I'm like, okay, cool. And yeah. Well, it's excellent. I guess it brings, uh, you know, brings me to a question I should probably ask later, but it's on top of mind right now. Um, how, <laughs> how, successful have these videos in the channel been for driving business um very well i like if i'm being 100 percent honest here like it, the, the channel itself um when everything was at its peak you know before the whole demonetization thing 
um, even I mean, even still to this day, it, it, a lot of traffic does come from come from YouTube. And it makes sense because I would say out of all of our social media platforms, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, um, YouTube definitely has, you know, the biggest, uh, the biggest following there. So, um, yeah, no, it's I, I, also like when we, when we initially made the channel too, like it was, it was never in my mind, at least it was never a, uh, it's like, okay, let's, let's make this channel. And then they're like, we'll market the hell out of this company. It was just kind of like, I enjoyed making videos. I enjoyed vaping why don't we put them together and, you know, kind of see what happens. Excellent. Well, sometimes those are the, uh, the exact reasons to do something, the more virtuous, the better. Let's jump yeah, in. Exactly. Let's jump into the strange addiction, uh, to vaping. And again, as I said, uh, this video is, uh, about four minutes and 50 seconds long. We're going to do most of it, at least, at least through it. Cause I didn't cut this one down. Let's have a look. I've got it on the computer. So let's do that. Hi, my name is Jeff. I'm 22 years old and I live in a suburb in Ontario, Canada, and I'm addicted to vaping. Actually, is it cool if I rip a fat cloud real quick in here? Is that cool? Really cool? I can make you one of those coils later on if you want. Vaping is just a way of life, man. Like. I feel like the vape is a part of me now. Yeah, I vape on pretty much anything, like sub-ohm, mouth-to-lung, pod systems, you know, pretty much any device that's on the market right now, I've, I've probably vaped it. I like to have my supplies on me because you never know when you're going to need them, you know? I told you, I don't know what time I'll be home, Mom. <laughs> this is the funniest part i say see i'll just stop it for a sec this is the funniest part the whole uh, concept of having knapsacks all over the place i was like I, you can see the camera started shaking because i was laughing i couldn't i couldn't keep it in <laughs> <laughs> all right so back out back at it oh god i mean hold on for a sec i mean how what would you frame this guy as in terms of what kind of vapor uh you know i'd say he'd be I'd say he'd be the clouds, bro. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Fat coils and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, back at it. How's it going, man? Anything I can help you with today? Um, I'm actually looking for a new flavor. Sure. Uh, we definitely have a couple here. Do you like banana? Mm, not a really big fan of banana. This is honestly way too sweet. Honestly, man, this has like no flavor at all. I tried this really good Belmont flavor the other day. Yeah, like what if I run down to the local Circle K and some dude's blowing dank cl okay. Plies on me because you never know when you're going to need them, you know? I told you, I don't know what time I'll be home, Mom. Jeez. Oh, man. Mom, always on my What if I run down to the local Circle K and some dude's blowing dank clouds? Like, he can't be showing me up. Yeah, I come here like every day for about an hour. I just see he wants to come rep the nation with me and like nine times out of 10, nobody shows up, but like, 
you know, you get you get a couple bites sometimes, you know, like you know what I'm saying? <coughs> yeah, I, I try to rep my niche pretty much anywhere I go. Hey man, quick question. Yes. Uh is it okay if I rep my nation here? I don't want to intimidate anybody with my fat clouds either. Yeah, I know. You wanna check out these sick point twos that I built? Yeah, do you want some? I give them for free. Just follow me on the gram. Hey man, I was just wondering what Nick's strength is this? You don't know? Okay, thanks anyway, man. I feel like vaping's a really good icebreaker because girls are always interested once I show them the dopest build I have. What's up, Ma? Wanna check out these sick point twos I built? <laughs> Seriously? Hey, excuse me, miss! Hey, miss! You wanna check out these? No? Vaping has definitely affected my life in a bit of a negative way. Like, my ex-girlfriend broke up with me because she didn't want to rep the niche with me. <laughs> so I, I had to kick her to the curb. It just wasn't going to work out. She didn't even know what a double helix coil was, so like, you know, like get them. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff? Mom, what? Can you come here for a minute? I need to talk to you. I feel like you're drowning yourself in this whole vaping thing. Mom, the only people drowning are the people in my dense clouds. Shh. You really need to get your shit together. Whatever, Mom. So, uh, I'm three weeks clean from vaping, and uh, I feel great. Are we done here now? Okay. Jeff, you vaping no, in no, here? No, no, there's a fight. Are I don't even know where this came from. All right, so Jesse and I just filmed uh, the scene where we clouded up the car and uh, Jeff gets caught. Long story short, we're kind of nicking out right now. Anyways. Um, thank you so much for watching this. We had a lot of fun making it. Uh, if you want to see more videos like this, hit the like button down below so that we know. And also leave a comment down below letting us know what your favorite part was. But to stay up to date with our latest videos, be sure you hit the subscribe button down below. And um, until next time, you'll probably be seeing this guy a lot more often. Apparently you guys like... So have we seen uh, this guy? Who is this guy? Uh, that's Jesse. He's like, uh, he's pretty much my best friend. Um, and, you know, he... When we first started hanging out, I was already vaping. He was still smoking, and then I got him a vape, and then since then, uh, he's just been completely vaping, and he saw the videos that I did on YouTube, and he's like, oh, can I be in a couple? I was like, 100%. And we shot some of our funniest skits together, and yeah. So the inspiration for the character is? I would say it's just, the inspiration for that character is just Jesse himself. <laughs> That's just how he is sometimes, you know? <laughs> so, so rep the niche. What does that mean? Rep the niche. Rep that vape nation, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I, how much rep, you know, how much repping of the nation is there going on out there? Because arguably, to enter into a more serious question, would be is that there has not been enough normalization of vaping. And so I think part of the part of the play here right is that rep the nation part but how this jesse character is repping the nation is a bit <laughs> odious is a bit odious is it not 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, you gotta rep the nation. You gotta, you know, stand outside your local K for every day for about an hour and just rep the nation, you know? <laughs> and blow dank clouds. And blow dank clouds on six point twos. So is the <laughs> is the idea behind this is to dissuade people from this kind of behavior or uh glorify it or some somewhere uh, in between? I'd say it's somewhere in between. I mean, like, it, it's it's almost like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's just like overplaying, you know, some some people that we've seen in person. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's just when we first wrote that whole thing, it was just like, okay, how can we make them seem like the most, like, just out there, ridiculous kind of paper out there? And, you know, just stand outside your local circle, okay, rep the niche. <laughs> There are vapors like this out there to some extent, right? In the in the yeah, hundred percent. We're just yeah, we're just poking a little bit of fun. Yeah, because um, like don't get me wrong. Like I'll be honest, I'm pretty sure I was that person. Like when I first started working at Dash, um, you know, like building coils up right and center and whatnot, and like uh, you know what? Maybe that's where the inspiration came from. It was just a past me. I'm just I'm just pawning it off on Jesse. <laughs> Well, you know, blame people for whatever you can get away with is, you know, part yeah, of my, exactly. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, I think, I think there's serious questions that come out of, you know, this representation because partially it is what the media thinks all vapors are like, correct? Yeah, I would say it's like, it, the media usually thinks that like vapors are just like weird this is in my perspective, at least. I'd say the media portrays or they think papers are just like this weird little niche group of people that, you know, they eat, sleep, breathe, just vaping. And uh, yeah, I definitely, I, I personally wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah, the representation of vapors in the media, you know, has been detrimental uh, to the vaping uh, industry overall, I would say. Yeah. Would, you, would you agree with that? 100%. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I would say uh, it, it's kind of like where, because we, we started doing all like those funny skits and whatnot, but when things started getting like really serious about it, that's when we kind of took a shift towards like, you know, a bit more like, okay, let's actually like, all jokes aside, let's actually like sit down and like talk about this whole thing right now. Um, but yeah, no, the media has a very, a very uh, one-sided view, I would say, on vapors and just vaping as a whole. So back in, um, yeah, I mean, the, the switch, you, you do can see when you're looking through your video list and stuff where kind of a turn was made. But I would say that, you know, one of the biggest, you know, kind of stakes in the ground was around Jewel. And uh, yeah. you, yeah, you did a piece, uh, the enemy, Jewel, the enemy to vaping. So let's watch a minute or two of this. We won't go through the whole thing, but let's just catch uh, a little bit of this. Just got to cue it up. There we go. If you consume any sort of media, chances are you've heard of Juul. 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 I gotta buzz down my Juul. This vape conglomerate skyrocketed the vaping industry like no other. Even though Juul is a vape company, they aren't what vapors would call an ally.
Hey, how's it going everyone? Dave here from Dash Vapes and welcome back to yet another video. Today, I kind of wanted to talk about Juul and how they affected the vaping industry as a whole. But before we jump into it, be sure to hit the subscribe button down below and hit the little bell to stay up to date with our latest videos. Now let's jump into today's video. In 2015, Juul hit the market out of left field. Created by cannabis vaporizer company Pax Labs, they introduced a simple, easy to use device that was catered to smokers. This was at a time when the industry was bombarded with box mods, RDAs, and sub-ohm tanks. To put it simply, the Juul almost felt like a breath of fresh air. They had a fairly slow start and nobody really thought anything of it. But not too long after the release, the vaping industry got turned upside down. Once word started spreading about Juul, it was an unstoppable train. Celebrities started using them and advertisements circled around showing people that vaping is a safer alternative to cigarettes. In three years, Juul quintupled in size and at one point was adding on average 150 employees a month. But with that popularity came an immense amount of criticism. Underage users started getting their hands on them and the vaping industry as a whole took the blame for it. The anti-vaping mindset was that the flavors in vape devices are appealing to kids. Juul took their necessary steps to help deter youth vaping by pretty much pulling all social media accounts and removing ads. Juul then operated just business as usual, but everything changed on December 20th, 2018. As vaping started gaining traction as a safer alternative to cigarettes, big tobacco companies started panicking. Ultra, who is one of the world's largest producers of tobacco and the parent company of Marlboro, bought a 35% stake in Juul for $12.8 billion. I guess their main mindset was that cigarettes are losing in this battle, so if you can't beat them, join them. This propelled Juul's worth to $38 billion, which put it ahead of Ford Motors, Delta Airlines, and Target. This deal was incredibly controversial, as you can imagine, now that Big Tobacco now has a part in one of, if not the biggest vaping companies. At the time, I really didn't think anything of it. My main concern was that as long as people were quitting cigarettes and converting to vaping, I didn't really care where the money went. But things took a sharp turn very quickly. This merge pretty much gave Juul the rights to be sold wherever cigarettes are sold, for example, gas stations and convenience stores. This made this quote unquote youth vaping epidemic even worse, but it did however gain Juul a lot more money. The pressure and allegations from anti-vaping activists kept growing, but the issue here is that the entire vaping industry took the hit, not just Juul. Juul remained fairly quiet throughout the allegations, but it seems that the pressure grew too much for ex-CEO Kevin Burns. In September of 2019, Kevin announce that he'll be stepping down as CEO of so that's a good spot uh, for us to take a, a stop on this video <clears throat> now excellent excellent produced piece what is what are your thoughts right now just seeing that again um I mean I guess my first thought is like man so much has happened since uh since you know we uploaded that um but I, I'd say that you know most of my thoughts still kind of stand uh with Jewel and whatnot um especially you know with with the news of them with the whole flavor ban and whatnot. Um, yeah, Juul, again, like at the same time though, like if people can quit smoking with the Juul, 100%, you know, if that works for them, great. Um, but I am personally not a fan of what they have done, not, not, only in, in, not only in the industry, but to the industry as well. And um, 
let's talk about the piece and 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 i promised some of our viewers when i that when i had you on right we can geek out a little bit on how these things are made because i think first of all one um you use a lot of it, it feels like a mini documentary in a way um describe that's, the process that's kind of the plan i went with um so the, in terms of like the whole process of like creating the videos essentially how it kind of starts is you know like, top of my head i'll have an idea you know of uh what would be a cool little little informational video to do um and then from there i think the main the main kind of mindset that we have is something that's you know well produced that's easy to watch easy to digest easy to understand and uh just try to keep the viewer fully you know engaged in the video at all times how hard is it uh to condense these big issues down to such a, a short period of time. Obviously, I mean, I've been in this business 30 years and it's hard. Um, but you seem to have some ease with it. It's, it's definitely tough. I'd say like the, the hardest part is because so much different aspects play in with each other. And a lot of times you, you almost kind of feel like you're repeating yourself a lot. But the one thing I need to remember is that there's gonna be some people that has never watched a video of ours before. And if I mention something, that I mentioned in a past video, but only kind of like briefly touch up on it, they're going to be a little confused. Um, yeah, it's definitely uh, it's a challenge, but I, as long as the when I write the scripts and whatnot, as long as everything kind of flows together, I, I quickly I quickly go over any very hard pressed notes that I need to that I need to portray uh, and say in the video. Then um, I think the biggest thing is just you know crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's. That's the most important, but also again, as you said, one of the most difficult one of the most difficult aspects of it. Sure. The, um, you use a lot of media. I mean, media clips, you know, from news stories and interviews and stuff like that. How do you get your hands? Well, for one, how do you know what to find and how do you get your hands on it? Uh, if I'm being honest and if it comes to like news clips and whatnot, it's mostly just from YouTube. Right. Um, if I say, if I'm doing a, a clip on jewel, um, I'll, for the most part, I'll try my best and, uh, I'll, I'll do what I can and do everything I can to get my own B-roll um, because I just, I like working with my own kind of shots better, obviously, because you can kind of manipulate it a bit easier. Um, but say if there's like a, a, a news segment that someone said something and I need to put it in, then uh, I'll, I'll mostly just find it on YouTube. If not, then I'll, I'll go to their website and I'll see if I can uh, find it there. Oh yeah, man. YouTube downloaders and, and good screen capture software. It's, I mean, those are the tools Done. of the trade. Done. Uh, let me let me ask you this you you said it in the piece you know uh you said i'm paraphrasing here but basically you were mm -hmm. making an opinion statement you were saying i believe i think you know right. that kind of thing so talk to me about how you come to that decision in terms of making that kind of an editorial position because that's a non-news position so it's very much editorial right yeah 100 percent. so um when we obviously like us being a, a vape company, you know, there's, there's going to be somewhat of a bias, you know, compared to like anti-vaping and whatnot. Um, but I'd say the main thing that I try to portray in the videos and our videos at least is because we know who our audience is, right? Um, just trying to be as level headed as we can with no matter what topic it is. I mean, obviously there's going to be some things that are, going to be a bit more heated than others um but just trying to keep you know a fairly neutral party just level-headed uh level-headed 
a level-headed script and whatnot and making sure that again making sure that say someone that doesn't know anything about vaping first sees this video that they can kind of also understand the whole gist of whatever topic we're talking about let's talk about your viewers there then for a second um yep. first before you got into the issues would you say that who were your viewers then and then when you got into the issues did your viewers change and how so um when we were doing skits and whatnot, I feel like most of our viewers, because like at the time when we were uploading skits and they were getting a lot of traction, um, we were working pretty much with the algorithm within YouTube. And it, it would essentially just push videos left, right, and center to pretty much everyone. So, you know, random people, like non-vapers or whatever, watching these videos, I'm like, okay, yeah, you know what, that's pretty funny. Um, but once we started doing the, once we made the shift over to like the news and regulations and whatnot, then... Uh, that's when like most of like the, the like most of the vapors actually started tuning in like a lot of because uh, we also got cross uh, cross what's the word fertilization pushed out also, <laughs> I guess. something like Our video that. also got pushed out on a lot of uh, other creators channels as well so cross promoted um, cross promoted yeah yeah that's what it is um, and yeah so as soon as we started uploading actual like news and regulations and whatnot we definitely started getting a lot more of uh, of the actual vapors on YouTube. So, you know, one of the things that we've had, you know, our issues with, with Regwatch is because we've been news and regulations since day, day one. And in 2015, right. when we first started posting, you know, our vaping stuff with e-cigarettes always in the title and smoking and, the, you know, mm -hmm. we have to use the word smoking all, you know, a lot. We did earlier, um, you know, all of our keywords. I mean, we were screwed. Our titles were screwed. Our copy was screwed. Right, right. And, uh, you know, we have to talk about death sometimes in terms of, you know, in our leads and how many people have died from smoking and stuff. We've had real yeah. problems. And YouTube's just, we've never had any love from the algorithm. And right. um, so, I mean, so I'm curious about whether or not you guys saw a change in viewership outside of the demonetization and some of the more recent craziness that Google has done as a result mm -hmm. of a bunch of different things. Did you, could, do you notice that has there been, is there is there less interest in the regulations? And let me just say one last thing: if there's not, I'm going to steal some secrets from you because you're doing a good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I would say that like it, the one thing I've started noticing a lot is because for the last I want to say I don't know six months, maybe seven months, uh, we've done it's probably about a ninety ten split between like regulations and laws to like anything else. Um, I started noticing a lot more comments being like, oh, we want another skit. We want another skit. Uh, so I'd say it's the people that first subscribed because of the skits are still around. And now this is where it gets tough because the regulations are so important and the news is so important. But a lot of the people that initially subscribed to the channel subscribe for like the comedy and the skits. So it's kind of like finding that middle ground. But in terms of like actual traction on the on regulations and whatnot, I find that because it's been talked about so much, and so many people are covering it that it, it, it is kind of tough to, you know, maintain the, maintain the traction. But as long as uh, we're trying to keep it, you know, somewhat interesting and keep it, you know, a nice B-roll cinematography and all that catered to like our original subscribers as well. Try to add a bit of a, a bit of comedy to it just because like it's such a serious topic. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been steady, I would say. <laughs> right. Right. So, a calculation did have to be made knowing that you might take a hit by going over to the regulation side. Is that what I'm hearing? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, when we like when we started doing the regulations, things were like pretty normal. But um, again, like I, the channel also, so the channel went from like doing comedy skits to get people's mind off of things to doing the regulations and whatnot. But I feel like both of them are equally as important. You know, sure. the the comedy just to kind of you know, especially in these stressful times, just like kind of like a breath of fresh air. You know, uh, but then also our main goal is to inform you know, the general public, not only vapors, as to, like, what's going on within the industry. You mentioned that no matter what, you know, the regulations, the news, these issues are so important. Can you elaborate on that? Like, why is it so important? Uh, mainly because I personally feel like, you know, the vaping industry, and I feel like a lot of people can agree with me on this, that, you know, we haven't been dealt the fairest hand, per se. Uh, and also, it just kind of... Because qu quite frankly, when I first started actually diving into, you know, the regulation side of things, like it's kind of an eye opener as to how one sided, you know, laws and regulations and government can be towards, you know, pretty much anything at this point. Um, and again, just trying to, trying to let the general public know and try to ch also try to change the general perception of vaping. You know, everybody thinks, oh, vaping is terrible for you. It's worse than smoking. Uh, the main points of these videos that we made in terms of the informational side of things was to uh, try to kind of dive into why they think it's bad and just and pretty much just disprove it. Do you think that um, you're reaching a lot of people that are not vapors? That's the question. Um, initially, yes. Uh, we definitely were. But again, as soon as... Uh, Going back to the whole YouTube thing, as soon as they kind of crack down on uh, not only us, but all vape channels, uh, that's when it started, you know, that's when it started getting a bit, a bit tough because before we got demonetized, again, like we were, our videos were getting pushed into recommended feeds on pretty much everyone. Uh, so the non-vapor would see it and be like, oh, you know what, like that, that does make sense. But since we got demonetized, it's pretty much back to like square one where like it's a word of mouth being like oh you should watch this video and it just kind of spreads from there so are you uh, and let, let's just nail this down you know for people out there that are youtube content creators uh this and i am obviously so i've got this question is on my mind when you say demonetized are they not allowing any of your videos to carry ads um it's very rare so essentially uh there's two levels of the demonetization there's like the like the limited or no ads with the yellow dollar sign yep and there's the like fully demonetized where you can't do anything with it um the youtube algorithm is very very weird i have still yet to figure it out but we'll upload a video and as soon as it gets uploaded it'll have like the limited or no ads it makes pretty much which means new things or two things that makes sense compared to you know what it would usually get which right. doesn't really matter to me personally but the big thing is that the if it has limited or no ads the the push for it is significantly less right right so, yeah. so i mean so it, it is strange because it's it's strange to the extent to what they will allow we actually do get monetized for i would say there <clears throat> it i mean it's if he it, you know it's 50 50 sometimes yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, this is this is our and our. I mean, our views are brutal. I mean, our views come on Facebook, obviously, as most people know. Uh, some of our political content that we've done recently, those are all off. Some are on, but I mean, you know, we have a lot that's off. Um, and as right. we keep scrolling down, but surprisingly, though, I mean, I'd say surprisingly, like our political stuff is all on. But as soon as you get to it, like. I, we can have like me ranting and raving and people all know some of my rants and raves. I don't need to 
elaborate much on that. We don't turn uh, monetization on for our whole truth episodes because those we want clean from any advertising and people to just right, get right. at the message, right? So our whole truth right. we turn off, but you know, but yet, well, it looks like some of them are on and I'm gonna have to turn those off. But I mean, we actually have more monetized ability, just not the traffic. Whereas, right. you know, I've heard a lot of vaping uh, content creators lately say that they're completely demonetized to a large extent. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you were to see our like uh, video manager uh, page there, it's pretty much like limited or no ads for 99% of them. But the, the weird part is, again, this is the part that, that confuses me is that we'll upload a video, I'll have limited or no ads, and it'll stay like that for maybe two, three weeks. And then after two, three weeks, I'll check back. And then all of a sudden, like a random video will have full monetization out of nowhere. And right. it's like, I don't, I, again, I don't know what triggers the, the monetization aspect of it. But at this point, like when it first initially happened, I was pretty like, I was pretty bummed because I was like, oh man, what's that going to mean to like our, our reach or viewership? Um, but then we just kind of took it in stride, you know, just continued uploading videos. Like I just kind of forgot about the whole monetization thing because at the end of the day, I did this. I started this channel, and I'm doing. I'm uploading on this channel because I just enjoy making videos and sure. uh, making content and whatnot. Yeah, and I think it's important for people to understand that the monetization issue isn't necessarily about making money. It's about making sure that you're welcome in the algorithm. Because if you if you're of content that cannot be monetized, then you are content that cannot be widely shared by the algorithm. So that's really one of the biggest 100%. issues. Yeah, around yeah, that. Yeah, I spoke. I spoke about this on, um, I, I believe it was either Grim Green or Jay Hayes. I was speaking on the, on their stream, and a, po a point that I made that I, you know, still stand by, is uh, I would totally accept making absolutely no money on these videos if it still got pushed out the way it normally would. Yeah. Um, because again, like, I feel like you know, seeing the viewership and making sure people are being engaged in the video is again, I would, I would trade the trade the money for that. <laughs> absolutely. I, well, I totally, absolutely. Let's uh, watch another one uh, of your videos. Now, this one too as well, I've, I've shortened up a bit. Uh, and this is black market vaping. And this comes from ah. September 14th, 2019. So we're talking <laughs> exactly one year after FDA deemed uh, vaping to be an epidemic. Uh, and it, that opposed a clear and present danger. And um, yeah, yeah, I hate those words. But anyhow, so, and this is obviously two weeks, two, three weeks now after the E-Valley uh, scare broke out. So that yeah. was the vaping-related lung illness at the time, not yeah. yet branded E-Valley. One second. What we've seen in the course of the past, let's say, month is an increased number. Seema Herman never expected that what she thought was a harmless habit, vaping, would end up nearly killing her. What we've seen in the course of the past, let's say, month, is an increased number of people coming in with respiratory problems as a result of vaping. The fact that they market this crap to children and they turn it into pink, pretty, purple packaging candy pisses me off. My name's Chance, and two weeks ago, my lung collapsed from Julie. She was vaping a cartridge a day. Don't let me close my eyes. Don't let me fall asleep or I won't wake up. You don't need it. It's going to kill you. There is a fatal trend sweeping across the nation. 
But contrary to what the mainstream media is claiming, this is not due to regular vaping. Now let's face it, vaping has been the subject of controversy since it hit the mainstream market around 2007. Studies started popping up left, right, and center regarding the health risks attached to vaping, which were extremely low. However, alongside those studies, there were also some negative news surrounding vaping. For example, the popcorn lung and formaldehyde fiasco that happened a few years back, which were easily debunked. Even though the research was easily dismissed, this prompted many anti-vaping groups and news stations to look past the real information and promote the misinformed dangers of vaping, reaching millions of people. The latest in vaping news controversy revolves around hundreds of people across the nation contracting lung illnesses from vaping, with six deaths as of this video. This has sparked outrage across the country, with all of these anti-vape activists pretty much eating it all up. To top it all off, we have individuals who have been to the hospital speaking out on their social media pages on how vaping is extremely dangerous and how we need to get rid of vaping as a whole so i'm just gonna leave it on there for a sec <laughs> I, I i mean i wanted to stop at the um at the sign yeah now you spent obviously some hours if not quite many of them uh going through images what were your thoughts on these signs about the no vaping campaign signs? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it, I, I felt that it, I feel like there was more to the story than just like somebody just miraculously being like, I want to start a no vaping campaign, you know? Um, when I initially saw, when I initially heard any of these stories, to be honest, I, like I remember the first one kind of popped up and it was just like, okay, that's, there's obviously something more to it. And then the second one popped up and then the 10th one and the 50th one. Um, and then it was just kind of like my first mindset was like, I need to find out, you know, what's actually happening here. Um, because, you know, at this point in September, there, people have been vaping for you know, well over 10 years at this point. And just recently we were getting a lot of teenagers that vape for what, maybe less than six months, less than a year. And they're coming up left, right and center, just being like, vaping is horrible for you. Um, I guess, you could say that I had a bit of a tinfoil hat on at the time, but um, yeah, no, then we just kind of started diving into each each individual story, kind of looking into it and just so many things just didn't add up. So that kind of propelled me into making this little, little mini documentary, so to speak. So Dave, I'm going to have to ask you, please do um, unwrap your tinfoil hat, place it on your head and share okay. with us some of the signals that were coming in that you can recall. Well, uh, I don't know if you saw the initial video I did about Chance Amarada, uh, that teen out in Florida that got uh, a lung illness. But, what's the name? Uh, what's the name of it? Chan uh, it was called "Teen Gets Lung," like teens' lung collapse from vaping. Like what happened? And um, it was a story surrounding a teen in Florida named Chance Amarada, and um, that that actually got sent to me when we were opening up our uh, Burnaby, BC uh, distribution center. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. So I, I kind of looked into it and did the full video about him, you know, just kind of being like, okay, it doesn't really make sense that, you know, 
his lung would just randomly collapse if he was vaping, but whatever. And uh, he started up this foundation called uh, Lung Love Foundation, but soon, when you click on it, it kind of, the, the production and the, the kind of content that he was pushing out was just way too, it was marketed way too well for just some kid to just start up, you know? So I ended up going through like the following and followers and like them and Truth Orange were following each other. And I thought, I was kind of I was I was making connections that didn't I didn't have proof that connected, but again, that's where the kind of tinfoil hat came into play. So the suggestion is is that he was uh, you know a front for an actual well-funded campaign. I I mean I I don't have any proof, but that's kind of what I believe. Also, he made a I think it's taken down now, but he also made a rea- like a reply video to me, um, pretty much calling me a, calling me an idiot. But uh, he has since taken it down. <laughs> So I mean, it's it's it, that's awesome, and I and I th- you know, and as one of your viewers, let me say it, this kind of work is one of the reasons why that I love watching your videos. And um, about this, it's Chance, right? That's his name. Chance, yeah. Yeah, Chance. So to add not just to the tin foil, but I would say like lock, you know, rock solid here, like is that he was um, when the vaping related lung illness and the way that we describe it at RegWatch is when it was rolled out nationally, because <laughs> it was, it was rolled out nationally. He was the star of that. So on the CBS This Morning episode, that was the rollout where the CDC statistics were all there blaming vaping. And then this kid's doing the interview. That just doesn't happen by chance. CBS wasn't watching what was going on at local affiliates and this guy had already been up in stories and local affiliates and written up in newspapers and done radio and bubbled up to the national level. He was plucked out for sure by CDC's media people. That 100%. is the, 100%, right? Yeah. And so the CDC is involved with serving this young man up to national news, 100%, right? There's just no doubt. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and like, that, again, like, it's it, it just like his, his whole story just, it blew up way too a quickly and b just it, the the kind of traction it got just from the get-go was it's almost unheard of you know and uh him along with seema herman the girl that was holding up the i want to say no vaping campaign i mean she got interviewed by i believe abc like they did a full little documentary with her and i got i got uh pushed live on national television and i was like that's insane because like i you'd be hard pressed to find any sort of coverage like that coming from the other side of things. Absolutely. And let's just uh, jump over here back to uh, my computer shot. And let me just show you this. So we saw so many of these. I mean, I don't want to just say 50. I would say hundreds. It was just the, the media was just overflowing with these shots. And there were many people in the healthcare community uh, that, responded to these and said uh, a lot of these tubes i mean this is just there's just no way that this is like properly wired up dude here is probably the only way that i could say it but i mean the fact of the matter is is that the sheer number and and multitude of pictures that came here uh is suspicious in and of itself if you know anything about privacy in the united states of america around health you can't get away with jack shit when it's with regards to a patient and their identity i mean this is the reason like let's keep in mind that the reason the cdc said that they could not ask for blood or urine samples uh in order to 
figure out whether or not these people were using THC or nicotine was because of the privacy laws in the U.S. So they weren't allowed to demand that, at least at the time, without, you know, implementing a certain level of, of epidemic or something or other. So the fact right. of the matter is, is at the exact same time, the CDC saying we can't test these people to find out whether it's not it's nicotine or THC. Miraculously, though, hundreds of these patients are able to have pictures of them lying in bed, you know, near yep. death, put up on Facebook. And on national television, you know, so it's like, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't test them and we can't prove, you know, what causes, but look how, look how bad it's getting, you know, and like, they just kind of left it at that. And, you know, they, they, they told, they told their viewers to pretty much connect the dots yourself. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, to be honest, like, again, like, as I said earlier, uh, looking at like news and stuff, this, like actually looking in and diving into the whole vaping realm of things, it, it did open my eyes a bit being like, oh, wow, like the media like news stations can actually really like manipulate some things, especially, you know, being someone from the complete other side of it and seeing that, you know, all they showed were kids getting hospitalized and their lungs collapsing yet. It, you would never hear anything coming from, you know, an actual vapor's point of view. And if, it, and if you did, they'd probably be, uh, probably be critiquing that quite well. Absolutely. And, you know, I have to tell you that, you know, when all of these shots were coming out over and over and over and over and over again, that I had this inescapable kind of thought that in a way this was like kind of pornography in a way. You know, there was something <laughs> about it that that was really hitting the erogenous zone uh, yeah, for yeah. for some people out there. I mean, wh why else? Why else? I mean, it's just so what is this gal's story here that we know that we know of? Uh Seema Herman? Yeah, I don't know much oh, about her. her story. I didn't know her name, actually, because we don't go that deep into this stuff. Right. So her story, again, it pretty much follows the same footsteps as any other teen that wanted to start a no vaping campaign. They vaped, uh, but they don't disclose what. They just, say, they just say that they vaped, and then uh, they got some sort of lung illness, and then they got news coverage on it. So... Um, Again, that's the big thing, too, is that, like, a lot of, obviously, this isn't a surprise when it comes to vaping side of things in terms of media, but so much has been left out, um, whether it was THC, you know, whether it was actually just nicotine. We don't know. We don't know what they vaped at all. And, again, it's just kind of weird the fact that, you know, you have people that have been vaping for a very, very long time, especially in comparison to some of these patients, and, you know, just within six months, we saw a spike, like a huge spike in illnesses. So chances are, you know, uh, you'd be smart enough to know that there's something, some sort of contaminant happening within the industry there. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, we called it uh, on the 23rd. We had Dr. Uh, Ricardo Pelosa on. And I mean, it was just simply a tainted product issue. You know, any product that gets tainted. And I mean, so let me ask you the tough question or not so tough question with regard to the CDC. They obviously took a real long time uh, to get around to admitting. I don't even know if they've actually fully admitted to it yet, but the FDA did on October 4th. And right. we know that the industry and the cannabis industry knew uh, from the Leafly story on September 6th that this was great a great story, a, by the way. Yeah, it was a great story. Absolutely. Great story, yeah. So do you think that the CDC's inaction, the foot dragging, did it cause unnecessary harm, even so far as death? 100%, because from the get-go, say if the CDC just came out and said, you know what, we, 
we found what could be the culprit because don't like don't get me wrong i i don't condone or endorse you vaping whatsoever um but i think it would have been also a much better step instead of being like all vaping like vaping is going to kill you like don't vapors are going to end up like this kid with a collapsed lung instead of instead of that being like okay say if you do want to vape you should make sure that you're getting it from a reputable retailer not from just some random shop on you know the corner of the street uh, making sure that you know it's safe to use um, essentially the same way that uh, at least here in Canada is, or in Ontario is treating uh, cannabis you know you see you see commercials on TV being like okay well if you're going to be taking an edible make sure that you know it's safe to consume and keep in mind that it's like very strong um something similar to that but for vaping i think would have done extremely well yeah they haven't yet done they only do scare uh if you know communications they don't do anything with regard to actually you know here's how they don't do anything that normalizes vaping and then says and here's yeah. what to do to to make sure that you can vape healthy like vape healthy is uh, would, would yeah. be a great campaign from health canada i'd love to see that how you know vape healthy exactly but instead you have uh, the canadian lung association coming out with like super skewed videos of being like oh we're gonna be selling nicotine you know ice cream out of an ice cream truck in toronto it's like okay that's sure why not you know yeah well and that's i mean they you know if you if you think that big tobacco fights dirty well, you haven't seen nothing unless you've been following tobacco control because they are, it's almost like a huge chunk of people that would have gone to work for big tobacco at one point in history, in this modern history, are now working in public health. Yeah, it's like big tobacco rejects, you know, yeah. <laughs> working in public health. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're of the type of person that, yeah, you know, exactly. can do yeah. these kinds of things, these, you know, malevolent malicious things um you yeah. know yeah there would have been a lot of work for you at big tobacco back in the 60s and 70s but now in the 90s and the 2000s and now obviously at this point well you're going into public health i mean wow yeah 100 percent. but i'm maligning it's, it's I'm, I'm only cool. maligning a part of public health let me make sure that i'm very clear yeah. not not yeah. the people who come on our show yeah there there are don't get me wrong there are some very good eggs out there but uh a lot a lot are quite there's just, I don't know, I, don't know, I can go on for hours. <laughs> yeah, well, and we're in our show today is not, we've got tough topics, but our goal is not to get too negative because, you know, they're, yeah, 100%. because, you know, hopefully that, you know, we do what we do, you do what you do, and together we're, we're all trying to win this war. Um, some of us, it's, it's a war, you know, just for vaping. I know for me, it's a, it's a war about truth. You know, that's, right. I mean, vaping's yeah, yeah. a part of that war. And, um, not sure if we're making any headway right now, but uh, you know we're certainly fighting it. Now you had mentioned that you were looking into these campaigns, these um, signs. Now I was never to get a, a, a real beat on this, and I couldn't find anything really about it. But was there a Facebook campaign for this? Was there is there was there an organization organizing this? Was it California's organization? Like it, these were happening from all over the all over the country. I don't don't feel like it was an organic thing where you know consumers smokers created vaping. That was organic. 
But there's right. nothing organic about tobacco control. I mean, they've got to bully, cajole, throw hundreds of millions of dollars at it. They've got to go into the high schools and they've got to grab, you know, some of the vulnerable kids and get them to, you know, stand up to run around and tell their peers to stop vaping and this and that. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. tobacco control from public health point of view, there's nothing organic about that at all. No, not at all. Definitely so, not. okay, so I've got another one of your pieces that you okay. did um, around, obviously, the same time for the vaping-related lung illness. And this is going to be a bit uh, uh, disjointed. Um, there was a, a man in the States that had his, took a picture w- with a sign in the hospital saying that you know he wanted to be a part of a right. vaping campaign, right? And uh, it was a bit suspicious. So I'm going to play right. the clip, and then we'll come back, and let's just have a chit-chat about that. All right. Keeping as a whole. Seema Herman never expected that what she thought was a harmless habit, vaping, would end up nearly. Dave here from Dash Vapes and welcome back to yet another video. Today's video revolves around a story from Amarillo, Texas about a man who contracted a lung illness from vaping. Though the headlines claim that it's from regular nicotine vaping, looking a little bit deeper into the story will show that it has nothing to do with regular vaping at all. ABC News 7 in Texas did a news segment regarding a man by the name of Ben Camarillo. Ben was hospitalized with severe lung damage and according to ABC News, it was from vaping. They interviewed Ben along with Chris, a man who owns a vape shop in Texas called 806 Vapes. However, once the segment aired on live TV, both Ben and Chris were outraged as they completely twisted their words. In the interview, Ben explained that he was mainly vaping on THC cartridges, but the news stations cut out anything to do with THC and just focused on regular nicotine vaping. On top of that, they also showed a photo of Ben holding a sign that's extremely similar to the sign Seema Herman was holding. Chris from 806 Vapes then made a nine minute video showcasing what was actually said versus what was aired and the difference is insane. Immediately knew what it was from. I knew it was from vaping. Camarillo says he- This is where the fear mongering starts. Ben finished that sentence with THC cartridges, but they left that part out. I was always on marijuana, THC, and then when the cartridges came out, it was like, it was just almost like a blessing to me in a way, man, because my family didn't have to go everywhere with me smelling like weed, because out here in Texas, and that's a stigma and it's illegal. They don't care here. I would vape solid for a year. I started right before Thanksgiving last, or the year before last, but uh, never touched the nicotine, e-juice, anything like that in my life. I never even smoked cigarettes. Maybe I mean, maybe puffed a few cigarettes in high school, but I never bought a pack of cigarettes to just keep and smoke. So before this, you you didn't even smoke cigarettes at all, really? Not at all. Wow. Always just with the marijuana, man. So it wasn't nicotine that you were vaping, it was THC, or so you think it was THC. Yeah. Oh, I always bought cartridges, you know. So here is where I kind of had the most questions. And this kind of goes towards um, the photo that you took in the hospital holding the sign. Right. And the reason why I'm so curious about it is because it's extremely similar to a another sign that a teen took by the name of Seema Herman. Um, I was just wondering if you can just give us a little bit more information on that. Well, that day, I was, I think that day I was in ICU. 
And of course, I'm still, you know, they're pumping me full of meds. I'm still, I think I'm dying. So I'm constantly under my panic attack. So I'm constantly with my benzo, whatever, diazepam, whatever the hell. And I, my daughter showed me a picture and, you know, that she said, uh, they want us to, they want to know if we'll join this group of theirs to sign on with them. And I saw a picture, I don't remember much. I remember I saw a picture of a girl that had like, had these things on her, on her cheeks and then had the mm -hmm. sign. Yeah. And my daughter said, you know, maybe we should do this and get some help, get this story out more, maybe to help get the story out. So, and, you know, in the midst of all that, you know, I told my daughter, I said, go ahead, sweetheart. If you want to make the sign, go for it. You know, I'll take the picture. I'll take the picture. Done. Yeah, that was uh, that, that one was definitely a very uh, interesting, uh, a very interesting piece. Um, I think that was probably the the most research or the deepest I dove uh, into any story. Um, yeah, that one that one was that one was a, that was a crazy one. What made you? Well, let me ask you: Were you suspicious? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, um, I so how I kind of got to know about the whole situation was that. Somebody sent us a sent us the original 806 vapes video on our Instagram or our Facebook, and I watched that and I was just like, "There's no way that this is like actually true. Like, there's no way that this is like happening right now." So, um, I ended up leaving a comment on 806 vapes video, being like, "Hey, like, I want to get in contact with you." And somebody actually ended up leaving a comment giving me their phone number for their shop. Dave, let and me just so, ask you: When you say there's no way that this could be happening right now, what are you referring to? Essentially, like the, the whole like cutting up of the story, you know, because like uh, Chris's video from 806 Vapes, he was saying that like because he also got interviewed by the same reporter, and uh, on the call with him, he was uh, he was even just like, yeah, no, our interview went on for maybe about 45 minutes to an hour, just talking about you know random stuff, have it all on film, but then they cut out the pretty much cut out the important parts and just left. Yeah, no, uh, he's a, he was vaping, he got injured from vaping, uh, this and that, and so when, so and yeah. this is really for me, so I can understand. I can understand. Are you suspicious that the, uh, of him actually saying, like, do you believe that he actually said cannabis in the interview? Or are you suspicious that this, the 806 guys were trying to cover his butt? Because my, my thoughts are that this guy did say that it was, he didn't uh, say that it was cannabis. He probably just said it was vaping. He did do the sign. And then he realized, oops, he got a lot of, you know, blowback. And this 806 guy, um, you know, helped him walk it back. That's that's what yeah. my thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll be honest. Like, I could I could see either side happening. You know, like I could see Chris, you know, trying to cover up, you know, his tracks, being like, okay, no, vaping is, you know, fine. But then I can also see Ben, uh, the man that who was hospitalized, you know, actually saying THC. Like again, there's there's no at this point, I feel like there's no way that we're actually going to fully find out about that. But the the one thing that I mainly wanted to do was a try to bring light to what was actually going on, and I think, especially at the time, it was like, because this was pretty much at the at the peak of a valley at the time. So, right. uh, just try to bring more, you know, attention to it. And um, again, I had the, I had the exact same questions as you did. I, I my main thing was I want to get to the bottom of it. Um, did Ben actually, you know, not say THC or did he say THC? We will never know. Um, but yeah. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, he did say that my daughter um, and a group, so there is a group out there. He yeah. absolutely mentioned that. So 
somebody's in a hospital, lying in a hospital bed, suffering from something like this, so delirious on benzos and everything else, as you was right, describing, right. Uh, that that there's obviously some organized effort that has reached this young woman to get her, and it's a group, right? So, mm -hmm. I don't know. This is what I'm saying. I, I mean, it's, it was just so curious that the entire vaping-related lung illness rolled out as it did, that I, at the time, just saw it as something that was, you know, purposeful. Right. But, I mean, the, another thing that really intrigued me as well is that before I got on the phone call with Ben, um, I don't remember who told me or what context it had, but I believe they said that somebody actually went into the hospital, like, to go see Ben. Somebody completely random. I heard this is what I, again. I, I I forget who told me this, but they said that a lady walked into Ben's hospital room and literally told him to hold the sign. Um, but Ben saying that it was his daughter, but I don't know because again, he was uh, if he was on a bunch of you know medication and whatnot, it's pretty hard to you know comprehend what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. um, again, it, it, the whole story in itself is just a complete roller coaster, uh, regardless of you know where it went or what actually happened like at face value it's a pretty it's a pretty intense little story here i agree i agree so we've got we've got two more of your videos that i want to show uh to some extent here as we're getting through the last of of our topics for today and uh this one brings us back i'm going to jump a, a, a bit ahead and then we're going to jump a bit back so this is uh may 13th of this year so just okay. a short time ago and this yep. is how it's done. And uh, so this is definitely, by gosh, um, a square on the money uh, regulations video is the, I mean, the best yep. way to, to put it. So we're gonna ruffle some feathers. Let's have a, <laughs> let's have a look. As the vaping industry progresses, regulations will ultimately determine where the industry will go. After the short-sighted regulations that some states and provinces put through, for example, Nova Scotia and New York with their flavor ban, the rest of the population is anxiously waiting to see what else will come of it. From a federal flavor ban to a nicotine cap, there have been many speculations from what could be the future of vaping. However, the government of Ontario, Canada just released some information regarding the new laws on vaping, and I personally hope other places follow suit. But before we get into it, be sure to hit the subscribe button down below and hit the little bell to stay up to date with their latest videos. Now, let's see what the future of vaping may look like in Ontario. So we recently received an email from Public Health pretty much outlining the future guidelines for vaping products in the very near future, July 1st of this year to be exact. Now to cut right to the chase, yes, there is going to be a flavor ban. Only the sale of tobacco, mint, and menthol will be permitted, but it doesn't end there. There will also be a nicotine cap of 20 milligrams, meaning gone are the days of 35 milligram and 50 milligram nicotine salts. Now, if you've made it this far, you're probably wondering why we're saying this is how it should be done in the title of this video. Well, that's because these rules only apply to stores that are not a registered specialty vape shop or a cannabis retail store. This means that while you are still able to purchase vape products at, say, a gas station or a corner store, you are very limited to your selection in both nicotine and flavoring. After conducting our own personal investigation into youth vaping, we found that convenience stores and gas stations were far more likely to sell to minors than, say, a vape shop. The lower nicotine strengths and lack of flavors will limit the youth from getting access to excessively high nicotine devices like, say, Juul or Vipe. Meanwhile, the current smoker can still readily buy a vape product and, if the user needs a higher nicotine strength or 
they wish to vape a flavor, they can go to any vape shop or cannabis retail store in Ontario and purchase flavored e-liquids with nicotine strengths over 20 milligrams per milliliter. Another part of this newly introduced law is that windows must be frosted or non-see-through and cannot be visible from the outside. In an ideal world, there would be no regulation or law changes. However, some compromises need to be made in order for the industry to move forward. In the current world of full flavor bans to fully outlawing vaping, in our opinion, this is probably one of the fairest, most sensible regulations that have been introduced pretty much anywhere. This will drastically reduce youth uptake, all while maintaining the freedom of choice for adult smokers. And we gotta give credit to where credit is due. The Ontario government actually listened to what we had to say and made fair regulations that will still give adult smokers access to vape products, all while also abolishing a main access point for youth uptake. We personally welcome these new laws with open arms, but I'm sure that we will be hearing from the Convenience Store Association very shortly. As mentioned earlier, these new laws will be going into effect July 1st of this year. With all that said, what are your personal thoughts on these new regulations would you so you said uh, right before we went to um the clip that this is going to ruffle some feathers what parts <laughs> of that are ruffle uh feather ruffling um well, pretty much the 20 milligram uh, nick cap uh i don't know if you saw but shy got into it with some people on twitter um Greg Conley and some other advocates uh, pretty much saying that the 20 milligram nick cap is doesn't make sense. Um, but, you know, the fact that, yes, there, yes, there is a nick cap, you know, there, the Ontario government's capping uh, anything that's not a registered specialty vape shop uh, to 20 milligrams. But the thing is, is that, you know, the fact that you 50 milligrams is still going to be available, you know, just out of vape shop. Um, Again, so a lot of people didn't really see, like a lot of people didn't really see eye to eye with us on that because uh, I think what they thought is that you know like we're fighting for a 20 milligram. Do you know the truth behind this global? Um, and yeah, that it, it got it got uh, there was a pretty lengthy uh, discussion happening on Twitter. Yeah, and I think that what's interesting about that is that it is a cap happening um, at convenience and from what i understood that's actually a change i mean the discussion at least has been that it was going to be a cap across the board so that is some good news right right, right. yeah again initially uh we were thinking it was going to be like 20 milligrams like period it doesn't matter what's what shop so uh, essentially following closely behind with uh, europe and the tbd compliance mm -hmm. uh, but you know luckily say if somebody does need a 50 milligram salt nicotine to quit smoking that will still be available just out of vape shop rather than a gas station or a convenience store so it does sound like uh the province of ontario did listen yeah 100 percent. again like uh everybody like all of us here at dash vape uh we wholeheartedly welcome this this regulation change because again we did our we did our own personal little investigation where we had a you know an undercover uh underage uh buyer go into stores and whatnot and like that that was all the clips that we got of that day like there was nothing cut out and um I, like vape shops id you know refused sales whereas like he was able to buy vape products at you know a convenience store and a gas station so um and also like talking to my my girlfriend's little, little brother he is in high school right now and he says that you know Nine times out of ten, they just get all of their products from either the convenience store, corner store, gas station. So it is, it is a uh, a way that a lot of you know, teens and and the youth get their hands on vape products. 
Yeah, and so it's and it's not just social sources. That's I think that's the key thing because I know for a long time that's what you know researchers were telling us. Dr. Brad Rodu mentioned that you know over and over and over again the, that social sources that was written up that way too as well. And I believe that mm-hmm. to be the case. But you have to you have to admit that they are purchasing these products uh, somewhere. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. 100%. So before we get into our last topic, of course, I've got to remind everybody that RegWatch does need support from the industry and vapors like you and viewers that are watching. And if you get a chance, I know those are tough times for everybody, but we are pushing on with our content and there's a lot more vaping content that we are covering. So if you get a chance, please go to support.regulatorwatch.com and take a look around. You can just you know quickly fill in the form. And we've got down here as I'm getting my computer to talk back and uh, just go here and drop in uh, your name and uh, you can do one time, you can do recurring bi-monthly, which is great. And down here in the group identifier, you can always feel free to enter in a story idea. Uh, I'm not sure how many words you can put in there, but you can, you can get enough words in there to let us know about something that you want covered because it helps us figure out you know, some of the things. We've been covering this issue for so long that uh, you know, we welcome supporters uh, to give us an idea on what to do. And then of course, fine list of uh, industry folks that have been supporting us. Some are still on here that aren't currently right now and I hope they come back. Um, again, trying time so we all understand. Devan Vape has been our anchor supporter. And of course you've seen that Divine and Vape Nation and Flavor Crafters uh, have been all over this episode today. So thank you very much, folks. So, all right. We are going to do, save. I've saved the best for last, Dave. This okay. is the CBC, the CBC fails. So do- oh, the vape fails. The yeah. vape fails. So why don't you just paint a picture for our viewers? I'm sure a lot, no, but then again, our US viewers have no idea what this right. is. Who's the CBC? What did they do? And then let's get into your response because it was a response. <laughs> yeah, so um, CBC, which is uh, one of, if not the largest broadcasting stations in Canada, um, decided to do uh, a week-long special uh, fully covering vaping. And when we first heard about that, we were just like, oh, perfect. This, Mind you, this was also just trailing closely behind the spike of uh, a valley. And we thought, oh, maybe they're going to be, you know, uh, debunking uh, some myths and whatnot out there. But after we found out what the title of this special was, which was Vape Fail, uh, we kind of knew what direction they were going in. And uh, yeah, essentially it was a week-long special just covering uh, why vaping pretty much should be banned and why it's appealing to kids and whatnot. Um, And looking at the clips that that they put together and looking at, the actual show and the broadcast, it, it's blatant just how one-sided it is. Um, I mean, Daryl Tempest was on there for maybe 15 seconds, uh, the only pro-vapor in the entire show, and uh, the rest were just anti-vaping. I mean, they even had a, a high school student as one of their specialists. It was just, it was just weird. Yeah, that was strange. And I mean, they, they did full live coverage and interviews uh, with that specialist i mean how is an 18 year old i'm not probably not even 18 how's a 17 year old kid from high school a specialist on vaping yeah exactly and i believe that he was uh he was a specialist in terms of how how kids 
get their hands on vapes and why kids vape. And I was like, okay, cool. But I know, but he was, ta- but he was talking about epidemiology and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, he was. It was, it was insane because like you, got, you had a known anti-vapor, you had a lung, lung specialist that didn't even really know much about vaping. And then you had a high school student and all of them talking together being like, yeah, this is why vaping should be banned. And this is why we need to take it away. And it was just like, all right, I think we know uh, what motive CBC has here. Yeah, and I mean, we're talking about our national broadcaster. I mean, for those in the U.S., you don't have an animal like this. The CBC is a propaganda organ of the government. I mean, right. I'm sorry, but it is. It's propaganda. 100%. Like, this ain't scratching and my head there. I hate clips, using that. Yeah, these clips would even, you know, would even prove that. So. <laughs> well, so then let's do that then. Let's uh, just have a quick look. Uh, we'll just roll now. I've got all three here. Um, I was just going to roll. Long, yeah, yeah it, but I was going to roll on one number one, oh. uh, or, or is two or three better to start with? Did you get it? You know, you know all three pieces better than I do. Um, they were all pretty pretty even with themselves because uh, the thing is that like every episode that they had, they came up with new and re- new revealing facts about vaping. Um, either any one of them, I think, would pretty much paint a pretty clear picture of what they were doing. Okay, so and I've got this is. So they did, uh, we're, we're showing yours though, which shows a lot of their clips. So, um, cool. yeah, so you did three videos uh, around the 12 minute mark, uh, that kind of thing. So some serious, serious work on your guys' side. Did, and and I, let me ask, like, I know, I mean, I know the answer. It's a bit rhetorical, the question, but I mean, this was definitely a response, was it not? 100%, yeah, because um, uh, with, with- cbc coming out with all this it was almost like they had nobody to kind of rebut them right it was just like all right so here's everything that we are going to produce and like that's it and um the weird thing is is that they said that was going to be a week-long special but they cut it after only like three or four episodes uh so i don't know if that kind of if our videos kind of got into the right spot or not but um it also seems like it ended kind of abruptly it didn't really have any closure to it so i wonder if they just cut the whole segment as a whole i'm not too sure I think between your your excellent work and I think with the pushback from the likes of David Sweeney and Dr. Mark Tyndall and then from the industry, Dar- <coughs> excuse me, Daryl Tempest and so forth, I think they had to s- slink away because at some yeah, point they had, to. they had to because at some point it was just absolutely clear that this was so one sided that I mean it, it I mean it just infringed even on their <laughs> their yeah. Their journalistic uh, uh, ethics. So let's hit, let's have a take a look again. This is from uh, your video. So this is Dashface video. Vape fail. Real journalism is dead. Thought was perfect. If all checks out, we may finally see a glimpse of hope in this never-ending war between media and vaping. But that glimpse of hope dwindled away rather quickly. To start, they are calling this week-long special Vape Fail, which right off the bat, I'm sure you know where this is going. Just this morning on December 2nd, 2019, they released the first video in this delusional series appropriately titled How Vaping Helped Hook a New Generation on Nicotine. So today I thought, why not dissect it a bit and hear what they have to say. Now the full video is about 11 minutes long and we're only going to look at a few parts that really stood out to me because if you looked at the whole thing this video would be about 45 minutes. So yeah we'll be talking about a few key parts but if you did want to watch the full video then I'll link it in the description down below. Now why don't we check out this masterpiece. 
Well, new in-depth reporting by CBC News is uncovering how the federal government ignored early warning signs about the health risks from vaping. Now, this is a part of a series of stories we are launching for you this morning, and that reporting also shows how a government decision to allow vaping devices and products to be sold in Canada was made without any scientific evidence that would help people quit smoking. So it looks like they're criticizing the Canadian government on their recent proposed regulations for vaping. Now, if you haven't heard about what the Canadian government is looking to implement, we did do a full video about that, which you can watch by clicking the card that's going to pop up right around here. But in short, they want to follow similar steps to what Europe did with the TPD compliance. In my personal opinion, these proposed regulations are kind of the best middle ground between restricting youth access while also giving adults access to flavors. Now, let's jump back to the CBC video. The latest numbers show an alarming increase in the use of nicotine vaping products among teenagers. Nearly one in three high school students in Alberta and Quebec say they've vaped in the past month. It's one in four in Ontario and about one in five in British Columbia. One in three students are vaping. I know for a fact they only use this equation for the shock factor. I mean, if they used a percentage, in this case it would be 33%, it definitely doesn't sound as scary. This video is filled with little twists of information like this. We still have five million adult smokers. One out of every two or three are likely to die unless they quit. But there has never been any firm evidence showing that vaping is less harmful or that it could help smokers quit. So apparently we're gonna completely ignore all the research done by the Royal College of Physicians and Public Health England. I mean, they have determined that vaping is 95% safer than combustible tobacco and that it is a viable option for quitting smoking. And surveys show the number of kids vaping in Canada is still rising. So the number of kids vaping in Canada is rising, but can we also talk about the number of kids smoking? Now I'm not condoning youth vaping at all here, but they're definitely looking at this whole situation with a glass half empty perspective. If you ban vaping or get rid of flavors, teens are either just gonna vape tobacco flavors or they're gonna start smoking. New reporting by CBC News shows how that rise comes out of a decision by Health Canada. And really behind it was this belief that vaping would help Canadians quit smoking. But there was no scientific proof and Health Canada ignored early warnings about the risks including evidence that young people so that's enough for uh, that there's only so much i can stomach actually to be quite honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous yeah it, it is isn't it and so um this no evidence thing this no evidence mantra that i mean for the cbc to be parroting the absolute mantras of you know the body part orgs and the bloomberg types i mean that's what makes this propaganda 100%. I mean, they're, they're pulling the exact same, the exact, they're pulling the exact same footsteps as again, Bloomberg and also Truth Orange and all those anti-vaping uh, organizations. And again, it, it seems like, you know, you'll, you'll, they'll find information being like, of some headline being like, oh, vaping is bad for you. But then as soon as someone else is just like, oh, wait, hold on, let's talk about it. It's like, no, we don't want to talk about it. We saw that vaping is bad for you and that's it. And um, yeah, that's pretty much like, that was the, that was, I think that's the kind of part that irks me the most. Where it's just like, okay, let's just have like, you know, a calm discussion. Let's look on both sides here. But no, it's always, but to be fair, it's a news, it's a news station. The scary headlines are usually what brings in the views. If you got, if, if they posted a headline, be like, oh, vaping uh, helps smokers quit smoking. It'd probably be, meh, you don't want to get that much traction. Whereas like kid dies from vaping. It's like, oh, perfect. I need to watch that. Well, you're giving, <laughs> you're giving them a bit of an out there, which I, I would not afford the CBC. I did work for them some years ago, but let's, let's just be honest here. The fact of the matter is that this effort that the CBC was doing was to bully Health Canada to back down on their position on vaping. 
And let's remember, vaping is legal already now for months and months and months and months. It's like seven months. Yeah. It was, you know, it yeah. had, it, not just legal, but royal assent and fully in place. And so the language they're using is designed to bully Health Canada. They say they ignored the evidence. They didn't, they didn't, there was no evidence uh, for, you know, for its effectiveness. And that's not right. I mean, it's the CBC. I mean, if RegWatch can get a sit-down interview with the Director General of the Tobacco Control Directorate at Health Canada to talk about all these issues, if RegWatch can do that, how, where's the CBC? Did, have, did they not sit down with the Director General of the Tobacco Control Directorate at Health Canada and talk about these issues? If they did, he would have told them what he told us about the research that they used. Health Canada has their own scientists, their own research people. They reviewed the evidence. They were also relied on Public Health England, also research out of the U.S. I mean, it was def I mean, Health Canada can defend itself. 100%, yeah. And I found, I thought that it was a pretty, uh, it was pretty convenient considering that they released all this as like, you know, provinces were starting to come out with their own regulations uh, regarding vaping. Um, obviously, you know, this, this is to try to skew it in, in a direction that they're trying to lean towards. Yeah, I think it's important for everybody, you know, that lives in Canada that's a vapor to be reminding everybody that uh, Health Canada, you know, our premier public health organization, put their stamp of approval on vaping. Yeah. And, and, and if that stamp of approval is to mean anything, they have to stick by it. Otherwise, if they can just get bullied and pushed around by Canada's broadcaster and a bunch of you know, private organizations that are unaccountable, then what's the next thing that they're going to push Health Canada around on? Exactly. This is almost this is almost kind of setting a precedent, you know, like if they don't agree with something, let's just bully them into the next thing, you know. And uh, yeah, no, again, like looking at those clips, it's completely it, it's it's obvious, you know, which which side that they, they kind of, they're kind of falling on. Absolutely. I mean, the whole one in three, one in four, one in five thing alone was I was just like, OK, hold on. Like, let's let's just talk about this a little bit more. And um, and yeah, we did uh, we did a videos on those and. Uh, it just abruptly stopped. But uh, one thing I did notice, though, is that when we did upload these videos, uh, they got some pretty good traction. I know that some people did get in contact with CBC, so maybe, maybe they saw it, maybe they didn't. Who knows? Um, but at least you know they kind of, at least they kind of stopped making them. Well, uh, and I, I do believe that you guys played a very significant role in making that happen. So hats off to you. Thank you, thank you. We uh, again, that was uh, that was essentially the main goal. Um, shy was the one that initially uh, brought up the videos and brought it up to me. And we watched the first episode together and uh, we were pretty, we were pretty pissed off. And um, it was hard too, because like they were pretty much coming out every day, ah. every night at, at like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at our time. And uh, essentially me and uh, Adam, our, the guy that was playing the, the cashier in uh, Five Types of Vapors would stay at the office until 11, 12 o'clock, watch the full episode, write the script, film the next video, and then rinse and repeat. With some damn fine news work, my friend. News commentary, <laughs> that's great. So you, uh, last question, what's up for, I mean, I'm not going to ask you to, you know, to do any futurizing here on vaping. I think yeah. things are going to unfold as they unfold. But in yeah. terms of the videos, what do you got coming up next that you can share? Um, well, I don't know. So if we have any viewers watching now, um, our last maybe month's worth or two months' worth of videos have only been voiceovers. Um, that's because uh, I've been in, uh, in quarantine at home, the office was closed and uh, due to the whole COVID thing. Um, yeah, we've been at home, and uh, but now that things are starting to open back up, I'm going to come back in the office like we see here. 
Uh, the studio is back up and running and uh, we're going to be going back to our regular format, which I'm very excited about. Um, got some skits in the work. Uh, again, just because I feel like everybody's just been kind of cooped up, bored, you know, everybody needs, needs a laugh. And uh, just, just keeping up with the news and whatnot, kind of just keeping things interesting. Great. And the shops are opening back up. Yes, uh, as of this Friday, our shops, uh, all of our shops are going to be open back up to the public. However, there are some very strict guidelines. Uh, I recommend watching our video uh, just so, so I won't bore you for, with a bunch of rules and guidelines for our stores. So, but we did upload a video uh, just kind of going over all of the new guidelines if you do want to shop in store. Well, that's excellent. And yes, it is up there. All right, Dave, well, look, thank you. And thanks, Shy and the rest of the people at Dash Vapes. You're doing an excellent job. And just hang tight right there for one second. And that is it for this edition of RegWatch. Before you head off, please go over to support.regulatorwatch.com and consider making a financial contribution to our vaping coverage. It's easy. Just dig into your wallet and find a few dollars and toss them our way. You'll be happy you did, and so will we. And while online, don't forget to like us on Facebook, and please follow us on Twitter. For RegulatorWatch.com, I'm Brent Stafford.